to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead, and welcome again, you guys. We will return you in just a moment to the documentary you were just previously listening to by Howie Mandel about his experiences in the pickle industry. Let's make a dill in just a moment. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on that one for a little while, Tony. I was like, uh, what is going on? This is... <laughs> So strange. <laughs> I was going for a Colin Mockery feel, if you didn't get it. Uh, you know, I got it. <laughs> Points don't matter. Everything's made up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tony, it's the new year. Happy yeah. New Year. It, it's 2018. It's it, 2018. It has been for some time by the time that people listen to this. Uh, it'll be yeah. February. It'll be February. Uh, <laughs> our last episodes have, uh, have turned out pretty well, so thank you guys for enjoying those with us. We had a really fun time with them, and thanks to all of our guests Sam, Beardy, Yowza, Jack, thanks some, but we we appreciate you guys helping out with those, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I'm glad everybody was there. I hope we can do it again sometime with everybody, uh, with Jack on an even more probationary. Way more probationary. <laughs> he really messed that one up. I'm uh, just kidding. I loved it. It yeah, was it fun. Was fun. <laughs> you, you were on Team Jack. I really liked, I liked that a little bit. I will say uh, also you will notice that since those first or those two episodes of Portapalooza Porch Week live from Portugal, we have slightly better better audio quality, and that is due to this awesome new microphone that I got from my mother for Christmas. It is really really nice, and I hope that this is going as well as I think it is because those last two episodes sounded really really good audio wise. Yeah, they did. So thank you, mom. I appreciate it. This week, getting to where we're at right now. We are watching Bugs Life, Tony, 1998, and I think this is going to be a good episode. What do you think? I'm so excited. Yes. I love Bugs Life. Uh, real quick, before we before we talk about the movie, hey, Tony, it's 2018. Do you have any funny New Year's resolutions? I don't know if it's funny. I'm actually also not sure if it's a resolution, but Marie's, like, making me exercise now. <laughs> 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 Okay. So we're like, I like agreed under the condition that I could do it while watching television. Um, So we now have like (laughs) the TV on and we have like a projector. So we have the TV on, uh, on the, on the wall and replays like these YouTube videos of like people exercising. We're supposed to do what they do. So we're like jogging around the room while watching friends (laughs) for the third time. And, that's my life now. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy. Uh, I feel really bad for you, but that's funny. I don't really have any New Year's resolutions except that I want to not do as much editing. I want you to do some of the editing because it all falls on me, and it's it's a lot of work, and you should do all of it. I feel like you're trying to tell me something. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm doing all the work, Tony. Also, I got a cat. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a that's not really a resolution as much as a cool new thing going on that I got a cat and I'm excited. I like cats. I have yeah. two cats. Ants. Yeah, ants. Uh, which actually the movie Ants. Now that you mention it, came out one month before this one did, and a lot of people underrated like, movie. I mean, underrated yes, movie. It was, but also came out at a very similar time, like a month yeah. earlier. 
Uh, well, that sometimes happens. Like the the Frankenstein movies come out at the same time. Like what five years ago? Yeah, it was like the like a bunch of those like Transylvania and I don't know all those Frankenstein movies. You know what I mean? No, what Frankenstein movies are you talking about? Frankenweenie came out at the same time oh. as Hotel Transylvania okay. and that I see. other. Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know I, what I mean. Sometimes it happens. That's fine. So, real quick, before we go into any trivia, I do want to remind our listeners that this is a adult comedy podcast about Disney movies, so make sure that if you have young ears listening, to turn them away because it may get a little racy, and the last thing we want is for youngins to hear our big boy words. Yes. Yes. Hey, Tony. Mm-hmm. I've got a game for you. Interesting. I love games. Yeah. I have a list of three names that were considered for the role of Hopper. I want you okay. to try and imagine that role. First of all, do you know who played Hopper? Kevin Spacey. It was Kevin Spacey. The role was considered for, or there was three other people that were considered for the role. Who could you imagine playing this role? Go. Let's see. Negan. Okay. Yeah, sure. We're going to talk about Negan that. I think Negan and Hopper are the same character. Yeah, we're I'm totally going to talk about you. that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a real cricket. Okay. Not a grasshopper, but a cricket. A cricket, sure. And somebody with a, a British accent, but a bad guy British accent. Okay, none of those are right, but um, I could see all of those. So, the three people that were considered for the role of Hopper... Like, like Scar. Scar is like a bad guy British Well, accent. he died in a similar way as Scar. Spoilers. Yeah. You haven't watched it yet, probably. So, no. <laughs> yeah, no, so the three people that were considered for the role were Robert De Niro. They approached Robert De Niro like six times, and he turned it down all six times. Also, Al Pacino was considered, oh. and another one who I forget currently. Whatever. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro would have been good choices. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gave you three choices, and I, I could only remember two. Oh, the third one. The third one was a cricket, a real cricket. Um, a real cricket. Okay. <laughs> you were right on one. So, uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, so this movie was, of course, 1998, directed by John Lasseter and Andrew Stanton, music by Randy Newman. It's as, the time of your life, so live it well. <laughs> as is the case with basically every Disney movie in this time period. Well, basically every movie ever in this time period. Uh, Randy Newman had some role in singing the the same song. Actually, did you know, I found this out, it's not in my notes, but I found it recently, that Randy Newman just sort of stole some of the music from James and the Giant Peach as underlaying music during the movie, because it also had bugs in it. Yeah, I thought that was really, really good. Smart, (laughs) I like that. So uh, Flick was played by Dave Foley, Hopper was played by Kevin Spacey, Uh, Ada was played by... Julia Louise Dreyfus and Flea, or P.T. Flea, was played by John Ratzenberger, which John Ratzenberger went on later to say that his favorite Pixar role that he'd ever played was P.T. Flea. For those of you that still don't know, John Ratzenberger is the, the voice actor that played all of those Pixar characters that you love, like Mac the Truck and the Abominable Snowman. He plays one voice in every Pixar movie. And uh, is this one here? P.T. Flea. Yeah. He, he's fun. Yeah, he's so good, too. P.T. Flea is a great role. It really it's like, is. It's a fun I role. can see why he loved that character. 
Yeah. So all, the next one that I have is that this was originally going to be released in the 1980s as a movie called War Ants, and it was about a red ant that was part of the circus. He was His name was Red, and he was going to join a colony and be a, a warring faction with those ants, but they decided not to do that, and it was instead pushed on to this movie. But both of those ideas are based on an earlier short produced by Walt Disney called Grasshopper and the Ants, 1934. It was a short, and supposedly... It was very similar to this. It was basically the exact same story. Is In, that available? Can we watch that? I, I'm, I'm sure it is somewhere. We should do that. We should watch that and, and maybe make a, uh, a mini episode for it. Like we did with Jerry's Game? Speaking of yeah, Jerry's like, Game, Tony, do you happen to know this, this trivia fact about Jerry's Game? That Jerry's Game is before this movie? Well, that's true. But uh, no, it was the first Pixar short to precede a full-length Disney or full-length movie. Oh, well, my trivia fact was true, too. Both of them are true, yes. The, Jerry's Game was with this movie. Uh, we did a, a short for Jerry's Game. Please go listen to that before this episode. In hindsight, we probably should have done them together, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cereal box in the city, as, as Flick is walking into the city, the cereal box has a code on it that says A113. Tony, do you know what that is? It's like the classroom where all the Pixar people went to class or something like that. Yeah, right? we talked about it in Monsters, Inc. with Alan when yeah. it, the, the room number was 113 or something like that in Monsters, Inc. In this one, there's A113, and that is the, like you said, the, the room at Cal Arts for animators and a lot of Pixar people came from that university, CalArts. There is a actual scientific effect called the Dim effect. Dim being the Beetle character. Mm-hmm. And that effect refers to the fact that when this movie came out, there was no rhinoceros beetle to match what Dim was like looked like, what, what he was. It was a fictional type of beetle. Okay. However... In 2016, there was a documented report of a discovery of a beetle that looked just like Dim and had the same horn style as Dim. So the phenomena in which fictional creatures are later discovered to be real is called the Dim effect. Cool. I like that a lot. Right? How weird. That is a cool thing. (laughs) Last fact that I have is that Hopper is considered by Pixar to be one of the most ruthless villains in Pixar Studios, along with Syndrome and Lotso. Because Lotso is really, really terrible. Pretty ruthless, yeah. And so is Syndrome. I, I, I can see why they put them in the same category, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, what are your thoughts on that? Well... Okay, so whenever we start to talk about the villains, I've also... So I am a Walking Dead fan, and I, I know we're not going to talk too, too much, but... Yeah, we're not going to do any spoilers for you. Lotso compared to the governor in a oh, lot yeah. of ways. Um, so I think that whoever wrote The Walking Dead just really, really liked Pixar movies. I totally agree. And uh, while we're not going to get too much into it, or at least into details, we are going to talk about the comparison between Negan and Hopper because there's a there's too many to count. Uh, yeah. Like it, it, it's crazy how similar those guys are. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I am happy that Hopper's up in that list actually. I think that that's 
a testament to what this movie is. It's a very dark movie, despite being... It is. And this movie, I'm going to go ahead and say, is like, it is not one of the best movies. It's not like super great, but it is underrated because I think, while it's not that, it doesn't have that like strong musical style, it doesn't have like some of the, um, the just pure happiness that comes from Toy Story and like story writing from Toy Story. It is just like, it is one of the more serious and darker like Pixar films, and it is really interesting. Yeah, and and, and I, I think it'll be an interesting in conversation. Parts. It's not always serious and dark, but in like certain parts. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting conversation to talk about the Negan comparison because I think there is that. Uh, I will also say, since you mentioned Toy Story, the original title for this movie was supposed to be Bug Story. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, because they were trying to sort of feed off of the momentum of Toy Story. But Car story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> monster story. <laughs> they were going for that, but they, they oh, actually, didn't want to. Oh, actually, miss it, though. All those things have just, like, what what are they animating in the title? Monsters. Bugs. Cars. Yeah. Bugs. Toys. I never noticed that before. Nemos. Up, upness. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, they, I guess they just didn't want to to lead people to believe that that was going to be the trend. So they decided on uh, a bug's life as opposed to a bug story. Yeah, um, that's funny. I like that. Yeah. So with that, we're going to move on and have you watch this movie. And if you don't, then that's okay. My other news resolution is I'm trying to be nicer. Hey, way to go. Watch this movie. and pause and we're back hello again i want to remind you that this is an adult podcast so if in between that pause while you were watching the movie uh, a small child arrived please shoo them away because we're still the same podcast and we're still going to be slightly racy i think hello from the other side i must have Adele should have sang for this song, this movie. That would have been great. Why? I don't know. Okay, so answer harvesting. No, no, no. Back up. What? Uh, where did? I don't understand. Where did that come from? Uh, you said hello. We're back, and I thought hello from the other side of the movie you just watched in my head. And uh, all right, everybody, that's a, a, a look into my brain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Glad we did that. Yeah, so Tony, why don't you start us off with this movie? Ants are harvesting. There's this, like, very, like, kind of chain rule. Some of them are picking and dropping the seeds. Some of them are carrying the seeds. Some of them are counting the seeds. Some of them are fanning the queen, which is an important job uh, when you are trying to make a quota. And uh, that's pretty much it. They're standing in line. And then we get this, like, it, it, like, seems normal. It seems like everybody's sort of happy. They're, like... They're working, but it's not like they're they're you know they're happy working. And then there's like this huge panic attack. I love this scene because it sets up what's about to happen for the rest of the movie <laughs> in such a good way. Yeah, the the whole like, oh god, what happened to the line? Where's the line? Oh god, the leaf falls from the sky, breaking the line. So there's like a, a, a gap between the one ant and the next ant, and everybody's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, what are <laughs> they gonna like, do? What am I, we're lost. I'll never get home, dude. Dude, <laughs> you can see them. You can literally see them. Yeah, it just like it sets up how much a of like a 
com- like communal like vibe there is like where you're not really an individual you're like a community and so when like you are separated from the group it like gives them so much anxiety they are so like they're codependent. so community in yeah. that in that sense and they're very like, codependent that's right i agree yeah so the they fix it they they move around the leaf they don't try and move the leaf for some reason but they this go, is nothing compared to the twig of 43 <laughs> <laughs> they, so they move around the leaf they continue the line and in doing so they have fixed the problem um but there's a gap yeah so <laughs> they they're going about their business and they're talking about they're giving us a little bit of backstory about what's happening in the form of the queen talking to ada and saying like we really i don't know if this is going to be enough like we we got to have more we, we really don't want to make them angry the queen is like chill like the queen's been through it a lot this is like ada's first time in sort of like a role of like leadership it seems yeah and so she's like repeating this mantra they come they eat they leave they come they eat they leave yeah um, versus the queen like, who's like this is just normal this is what how we do things yeah now, the opposite side of the spectrum, the, the extreme individual is Flick. He's, like, industrializing, picking, and harvesting. And he's, like, he's like it's very unwanted. Like, he is, like, he's, like, uh, like, very, like, making new things, very, like, creative. And, uh, like, the, the old guy's, like, we've harvested the same way since I was a pupae. <laughs> and so he's, just like... It's just not a, a society that is uh, happy with change, as it turns out. Yeah, in a lot of ways, they're they're not ready for that sort of things. Um, yeah, they, they they don't want to hear that something can be done easier, that something can be done more productively. Because when it happens, there's been a tendency of them to overreact and say this isn't how we do things, and that leads to things going wrong. Not necessarily his inventions going wrong, but the events surrounding his inventions lead to things going wrong and they associate his individualism with that like things go wrong when you're individual yeah like he he has a whole lot of bad luck and like that bad luck is sort of like like his baggage the real cause of the problem but like he 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 uh, holds that he like for the rest of any time he ever suggests anything they remember that things go wrong when flick has an idea yeah, and also, like, inventors in, like, our society also have this, where, like, there's, like, this idea of, like, crazy inventors who just, like, blow things up sometimes, and, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, mistakes are definitely, like, a part of the process, so, yeah. Yeah, and they always will be. So, Dot, uh, after, of course, Flick fucks up, Dot approaches him, and he she's like, don't worry, Flick, like, I really appreciated your your invention and i think it's cool i think you're silly and i like that and she's like complaining about being little and it's funny because they're ants i thought that was really (laughs) good good irony there and so he gives her a rock and says pretend it's a, a seed and she is just not getting it she does not understand what's going on she's like but it's a rock no you know what i will say being a middle school teacher, this is real life. <laughs> you can, you can like try to give a metaphor to to children, and they'll be like, "I don't understand what you're saying." I don't get it. It's a metaphor. People can't fly. But he believes he can. Ah, never mind. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so he gives her a rock, and he's, like, giving this beautiful speech about, like, all of the beauty in the, the world and all of the creation of the universe is, is within this one seed, Fern Gully. But... <laughs> 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 she's like, she's like, okay, it's a rock, and he's like, you're gonna have to work with me here. It's a rock. <laughs> it's a rock. Uh, I know it's a rock. I spent a lot of time about rocks. <laughs> so they hear the buzzing, the loud, loud buzzing, and everybody's like, got to drop their food off and get inside the the ant hill. Yep. And he, of course, he drops his backpack in such a way that it knocks a rock down and knocks all the, the food invention. down. Okay, so their food pile is right next to this pond, right? I know, so it's on a cliff. Why put your food pile? It's on a cliff next to a pond. So, like, it's like you're asking for mistakes to be made. I don't know why this hasn't happened before. Like, this was bound to happen. Yeah, but it is his, it is his invention that he throws off that, like, actually causes it to fall in. And so people blame him. Here's right. where I'm at, though. The next time they do it, like, they, eventually they they actually build back up the food pile or whatever. They put it in the same place. They don't try to move it or anything. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> so re, maybe they refortified it. I don't know. But it's still just asking for it. We have this amazing scene. And beware, Walking Dead spoilers-ish. Not, like, not, not really, but we're going to be talking about a little bit of Walking Dead here. Um, like, mostly beginning, like, first episodes of season seven. Yeah. Spoiler. Very, we're going to yeah. try and stay as vague as we possibly can. But there's this amazing scene. The grasshoppers shoot down into the, the place, and there's, like, light shining through just barely, and everybody's sort of crowding around. There's chaos, and then the the three of them are, like, crawling on the ground, these three ants, one of them being Flick. And Hopper is, like, standing over them. And this reminded yeah. me immediately of that scene. In the scene, more or less, like, Negan is standing over all of the, the characters that we've grown to love in Walking Dead. And they're all, like, kneeling. And he's in a position of power. And this immediately reminded me of that. Yeah, and so, like, like Negan and Hopper, what they have in common is that they are, like, masters of social manipulation absolutely like they are like they know that they like if everyone banded together that they would not have as much power and so they have to project extreme power and so they do so by being way over the top and like with their body language with like uh like with the way they're reminding them that like you need us more than we need you yeah, that, the, like, there's like this fear. There's this like yeah. There's bigger uh, bugs out there. There's, yeah, there's huge, terrible bugs out there that would just want nothing more than to eat you. Right, and there's also like the fear that like that they put in place by like setting the grasshopper free on the little girl and redacted yeah. in The Walking Dead. Uh, and yeah, I think it's like or when he threatens, he's going to kill the queen as a as a way of showing his power to, to like, yeah. And, and that, that's always been like what I, what I enjoyed about that episode of the walking dead yeah. is the, like the, like the pure the terrifyingness of yeah. his, like of his, and he is so like 
intentional in how he is socially manipulating. Yeah. And I think that is also seen here in with Hopper. And we learned how intentional it is later when he's like explaining why he has to do things in the sombrero bar later. Yeah. Yeah. When they're in the sombrero, he does a little bit of explaining of what that is, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. His presence is just so demanding of attention and demanding of respect. And I think that the way that he does that, is so incredibly similar to Negan. It's ridiculous. Let me like, yeah, you know, the, like he says, like the sun grows the food, the ants pick the food, and the grasshoppers eat the food. And Negan like has sort of like a similar sort of quote. He's like, he he has I don't remember the exact quote, but he's like along the lines, "I'm a reasonable guy. I don't want to kill you. I want you to work for me." Like it's like sort of like the same like mentality. Uh, yeah, yeah it, and you see, like, yeah, and the moment we'll move that, off of ne- Negan, but I think, like, yeah, it's just like it's wild how similar they are. Well, and even even it, this is my last point. Even when Flick says something about like get away from her, he's like, "I'm sorry. Do you have something to say? Then get back in line." And it's like, oh my god. That yeah. like uh, it's oh my goodness watch watch Walking Dead if you haven't but good God like a lot of similarities there. Moving on, yeah, they leave and they're forced to have a tribunal over what to do with Flick. This is the dumbest tribunal. They sentence him to digging in the tunnels, which is what ants do. Number one, right. And also what Flick has already done before and, like, has been has failed at. So, like, it's not that much of a punishment. There's no, like, they never give a real-life punishment for Flick. <laughs> yeah, I think they're struggling because they don't want him anywhere because it seems like he messes up everywhere he goes. And so yeah. the solution that they don't even come up with, he comes up with the solution and they just are like, oh, that's great, we don't have to deal with him, is I'm going to go try and find some bigger, badder bugs yeah, and because, so he like yeah. he and like he's like thank you, uh, Princess Ada or whatever. He clear like he clearly has a thing for Princess Ada. Princess Ada's like you are an inventor and strange to us ants, and I don't like you. Um, <laughs> anyway, they like he like yells out when he's leaving the tunnel. He's like, "You're in good hands. The colony is good in good hands," and he walks off. <laughs> and, he thinks, and everybody cheers. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like thinking that he's the hero in this situation. I think that it's amazing that he has that perception because he's, there's no reason that anyone should think that way. No, I think he like he, that's deflated really quickly when the chil the, the the children who have no qualms with just being honest are right. like, yeah, <laughs> like they're he's being gonna honest die. with him, yeah. Yeah, I was um, like, my dad says this, my dad says this. So he, like, knows, like, what everybody really feels. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to meet all the terrible <laughs> circus bugs. Oh, my God. So, There's, they're so bad at being circus bugs, but... Th- this is great. Let's, th- let's run through the list. We've got Rosie and Dim. A ton of great characters, yeah. Go ahead. Rosie is a black widow, and Dim is, like, the, the Dim effect bug uh, <laughs> beetle thing. Yeah. And Rosie is, like... It's hard. I really wish there was more Rosie because Rosie's the kind of character that I feel like I relate to the best. Right. Uh, but she doesn't get to talk that much. She's like so socially awkward. She talks a lot, a lot, and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And then she's and, like, oh, uh, I've been talking this whole time. 
That's yeah. yeah. That's kind of her character. Dim is is it's a good name for him because he's not the brightest. He's also a big baby. He like will not be. <laughs> he yeah. got he got hit with the whip because <laughs> they're doing this like lion taming act, <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. I got an owie. Dim got an owie. <laughs> uh, so there's there's those two. There is the clowns. The clowns, basically the three of them acting as clowns. It would be Francis, uh, Francis, Slim. the ladybug, Slim, and um, what is his name? Heimlich. Heimlich. Heimlich, by the way, Heimlich was one of the most popular Pixar characters of all time. He was your favorite when we were kids, he I remember that. He sure was. He's one of the most popular Pixar characters of all time. I, I used to love him because I thought he was hilarious, and I also associated with him because I loved to eat. <laughs> like, honestly, it, I, there are very few scenes in this movie where he doesn't eat. <laughs> He's not eating something. Um, yep. And they, I like I like a, lady I like the ladybug I love Francis I love Slim, uh, Slim is funny because Slim's like I always get cast as the broom the pole the stick. <laughs> <laughs> there's a really the funny splinter. scene. <laughs> yeah, there's a really funny scene later that we'll get to with him that I really like. But no, did you know also uh, just a real quick fun fact that Heimlich was a reference to the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar, or Very Hungry Caterpillar, the book. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a reference to that. Why? Is Heimlich the Caterpillar's name? Or the author's name or something? No, I don't think so. It's just that he is very fat, and he's always eating, and he looks the same. Oh, I see. You mean not the name Heimlich? No, the character. The character. Gotcha. gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Manny and the Moth Girl. I don't remember her name. Uh, uh, it's Gypsy. Because she's a gypsy moth. Gypsy, right. Yeah. Manny gypsy, and Gypsy. Manny. Gypsy is like more pragmatic and Manny is like... A showman. Oh. Yeah. The guy <laughs> is really playing it up. He's he's that really hammy actor. Uh, they're both like the magician act. Right? Yeah. They're, so they're like the 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 Manny is a praying mantis. And, yeah. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Did you know, fun fact, next fun fact, female... Gypsy moths can't fly. Only male gypsy moths can. So is gypsy a male? Uh, I guess, yeah. Huh. Weird. And then we've already <laughs> talked about tuck and roll, the Slavic sounding, although they only speak really in gibberish. Yeah. Uh, bug. <laughs> They're the best. I love those guys. That's like, that's basically what they're saying. <laughs> they're yeah. like not saying anything. <laughs> I, I really, I think that this movie is unique to Pixar in that there are so many characters. There are so many characters that are just great characters. Yeah. I mean, granted, they're Very not like... ensemble cast. Yeah, yeah, they're not like super developed, but like each of them kind of has a little bit of arc throughout the story. More for some, like Francis gets a little bit more than others. But, you know, it's, it's still cool that there's so many they're of them. They're more developed than, say, like, most of them are more developed than, like, the seven dwarves in Snow White. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and then we get P.T. Flea, this amazing character. I love P.T. Flea. He is, like, this money-grubbing ringleader. He, he's, he's the ringleader. He's the he's manager. Barnum. Yeah. Yeah. And so everything is going wrong. He uh, can't catch a break. And instead of trying to stop Francis from getting in a fight, he moves on to the finale, which is this horrible idea. Uh, it, it's, it's flawed from the very beginning. 
<laughs> flaming death. Flaming death. Because their their whole audience is leaving, so they have to do something to get them back. Yeah, it's, it's uh, awesome. It's pretty, and it ends up yeah with PT Barnum burning up. We have this like fun little um, vignette, like not even vignette. It's like a like quick clip as uh, right before Flick enters the city, where the fly, like one of the flies, is like, "Don't look at the light. I can't help it. It's so pretty." No, and he it's like so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and he like gets zapped, and that makes me laugh harder than any other scene in the movie, and it has nothing to do with anything else. It's no. like. Actually, the reason it makes me laugh so much is that those two mosquitoes are voiced by Andrew Santon and John Lasseter. The, oh, really? The directors of this movie, yes. <laughs> that's so good. I didn't know that. That's news to me. Yeah, that's why I laughed. I thought that was really, really funny. So we, we go in, and they're they're like they're fired, so they're drinking, and they're all together, and they're like, we've never been apart. What are we going to do? And then the, the, the bar is come cool. in. Oh god! The bar is cool. There's like the so poo poo platter, which is poop on a platter that the flies eat. There's, There's the, the salted the bloody Mary, which is like literally, literally blood from Mary. Yeah, that's a positive. Uh, and the, the, <laughs> the goop, mosquito eats it. Yeah, the goop the that, um, salt. He's yeah, like hey, I said no salt. I can't eat this. Foaming. Yeah, it's um, like a, it's a fun, it's a fun little bar scene. I yeah. I really like the city because there's just so many things like going on that it's like hard to watch it all the way the traffic lights work is like with the it's just very imaginative the, like yeah. the um the lightning bug is putting his butt in the red yellow or green light uh to make the fl- the light line up it's really cool yeah i think that's really interesting they they really worked hard on this scene so they're they're in the bar these flies show up with their big friend and they uh, they notice Francis and they're like we're gonna go kick his ass and they're like ladybug ladybug fly away home and they do a Robin Hood routine which I think is hilarious I I think that this is this whole movie is like a theater nerd's dream like there are so many theater references in this movie that it's it's ridiculous they <laughs> probably the best part of this whole Robin Hood thing. Is not not the little John, not the fact that Francis is playing Robin Hood. It's Slim when he's a sword <laughs> and he says swish swish, clang clang. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lunge, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I feel so bad for Slim. Slim has got it rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes me kind of wish that more actors were played as props. Sure, all mockery style. Yeah, good one. Yeah, we're, we're transitioning into the new new form of this show, where the points don't matter. So they obviously they don't buy it, but Flick is pretty into it. He can't see anything, so he's he's buying it, and the uh, can rolls, and like they come out on top in in like a lot of pain but they come out in such a way that it looks like they're heroes and flick there are definitely dead bugs in there those bugs are dead they, <laughs> like, yeah they're for sure dead uh, <laughs> like the can rolls and all these bugs are just like rolling underneath like tables and chairs and each other and so there's a lot of dead bugs in that bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they don't care it's done so they uh, they're like yeah we'll just go with you it's fine because they think he's a talent scout 
And so they go with him, and I think this is probably the most interesting part of the movie to me. Like, you, you had mentioned the whole idea of, like, individualism versus collective thought in in the mm-hmm. ant colony. I think that yeah. this is the first time that the colony has any reason to believe that Flick could do something right, that indiv- individuality could be helpful. Like, it, he, they, they sent him away without actually hoping that he was going to accomplish anything or that he was going to die and that their lives would be easier either way. But he actually came back with somebody. Granted, they don't realize that he brought back circus folk, but, like, still. Yeah, they, the the way they, like, they keep this... Flick sees them fight in the things, like, fake fight as Robin Hood, so he thinks they're warriors... The the theater bugs or the the circus bugs think that that he's a talent scout rather than a like warrior scout or whatever. Then like he gets put next to the only people who don't speak English <laughs> on the ride over, plus Dim who doesn't understand what's going on. So like <laughs> he's explaining the whole situation and like being honest and like nobody understands what's happening. Yeah, poor Tuck and Roller. Like yeah, <laughs> uh huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then it continues like this again. This is just like really bad luck that like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, he. I mean, because uh, like th- they did fight and they did were they were successful in a way, so he had a, a reason to believe that they were warriors. Yeah, like so they get there. Ada, Princess Ada is not convinced. Everybody else is like, like you said, like hopeful and like like wow, this is gonna go great. Um, and so <laughs> Slim's like. Mayday, mayday, we're losing the job, we're losing the job. <laughs> yeah, so, we're going to knock them dead. And uh, that is, again, like, <laughs> the yeah, double entendre is good. Just poor, poor choice of words. Um, <laughs> but everybody's You finally like understand cheering. what's going on when the elementary students, like, put on their play. Yeah. And, like, draw Heimlich dead. Uh, <laughs> Which I think is really, really funny, also, that they are made aware of the fact that they are seen as warriors by young thespians. How how yeah. funny is that? How ironic is that? So they, they're like, no, fuck this, we're not doing this. And they run off, and Flick has this realization. And I think the, the realization is hilarious. He's, like, being whispered to, and then he looks over, and he sees them juggling a little bit, and then he's like, oh... And, like, the camera zooms out from way all the way out to right to his face. It's like, he's oh. like, ooh, we gotta go, like, classified in the DMZ, strictly BYOB, best adult joke of the movie. Yep. And she's like, BYOB? <laughs> <laughs> I remember asking my mom, what was that? And she said, bring your own bottle. And I believe that. <laughs> I until, thought it was like, bring your own bug. Last year, <laughs> like, yeah. I just like bring your own bottle. But I thought it was alcohol. Like, you know, in college, I would have been like, bring your own bottle of alcohol. No, it's just bring your own beer. Right. But now I know. <laughs> so I was, I was tricked. <laughs> Don't get me started on on mom's tricks. Um, <laughs> so we we move along. They're like, no, we're not doing this with you. We're leaving. And he's like, okay, that's fine. If you wouldn't mind, just uh, stomp on my head real fast. And yeah, very dramatic. He's Yeah, he's being very dramatic to also to actors. And he hears Ada's voice, and he's like, oh, gotta go, hold on. Hold that thought. 
I'll come back to you squishing my head. <laughs> and they're just gone. He's talking to Ada, and they're just gone. And there's this amazing moment of them actually being heroes to a degree, right? Like, the thing with, with Dot and the bird and her, like, her falling down, and Francis saves her. He is actually a hero in that sense. Yeah, so... Basically, they they are, like, running away. They're making a lot of noise because Flick is trying to keep them to stay. Dot is, like, trying to figure out what's going on. So Dot's, like, following them. I don't know if we've introduced Dot. Dot is the, the, the baby princess. And they the, the they find a bird. The bird's like, tweet, 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 tweet. Well, the Russians are like, tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> and Dot's under attack. And Francis saves the day and gets knocked out. And they save the day altogether. Yeah, well, uh, okay. So here, here's my next point, that this is the, – the day isn't really saved by them, right? He, the, he's using these resources, and he's coming up with a plan. He's like immediately he, – he knows what he wants to do with the tools that he's given, which are these new bugs. These new bugs have tools that he can use, and they listen to him. Imagine how successful he would have been in all those other instances if somebody had listened to him and he had the resources that he needed. I, I think that a lot would be different in this story if he had been given resources and support because it, it, it's obvious this works easily. Them them using her web and and having Dim fly and and like the the little tuck and roll like helping them into the net and it's like all of these things work so well. Because he was able to put that plan together. Well, and they also have like a little bit of good luck, like sure. They and and that's what maybe also is part of like what he had been missing, right? Sure, I, I think that's part of it. But I I think it's just a testament to to the fact that he is not the one that's causing these problems in a lot of the situations. Yeah, it, it's it's either bad luck or he doesn't have the the things that he needs to be successful. Or he doesn't have people to believe in him. Right. Yeah. And he does now, and it worked. So that's something, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, a theater nerd funny thing, when when they're using Heimlich as bait, he's, he plops down the hole with with Slim, who's like, I'm, gonna, I'm going to snap, I'm going to snap. <laughs> he says, bye-bye, uh, birdie. Which is, of course, a show. It's a, it's a theater show. It's a thing. Got it. Yeah. I was like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Just another funny reason why, why theater nerds would love this movie. And then there's the blackberry bush and, and the bird can't come through it. And the sound of applause. They've, they've never they've heard saved it. They've the day. And they've never heard applause before. They don't know why they do that. <laughs> Only well, the oldest person in the group is he's like, like, what is that? That, my friends, is the sound of applause. <laughs> And I think the interesting thing for me, or at least relating to the circus bugs, is that everything changes when they start to hear applause or when they get autographs. Or, like, they, they're so much more willing to help after the applause. Or they're uh, like, oh, yeah. The, the, when, when they're in that room consoling Francis, they're like, no, we're, we're not going to help you. We're still leaving. And then these, yeah. the two little boys come in and they're like, I want to be a mantis someday. I want to be a, a stick bug. And then they're like, I'm sorry, were you saying something? What's the plan? They, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're willing to perpetuate a lie and put their lives on the line. For the sake of applause. 
because yeah. of yeah because of their need for attention. Um, right. Yes, that is the darker side of their story. <laughs> <laughs> they will do whatever it takes to get applause. And I think like what what that really like speaks to is that they are like outcast. Like and so like they are finally in a place where they are wanted and like are like seen as like like heroes and saviors and like that is like really meaningful to them. Um yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and so they are convinced to go save the day. And, and so the bugs, they, Flick tells the, the circus bugs the plan. The circus bugs tells Queen, or the Princess Ada the plan. The Princess Ada tells the whole colony the plan. The whole colony is super stoked about the plan. And meanwhile, Flick's there like laughing like, hey, 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 it all worked. This is my They're plan, really. They're going to build a bird. Yeah. Well, and like, I, I think, and this is the question that I want to pose is do you think that if that if Flick had been the one to propose the plan to Princess Ada, that they would have gone for it? If Flick had said it right at the very beginning, right. like before bringing the circus bugs, absolutely not. We see like Princess Ada have a little bit more like trust in Flick after bringing the circus bugs. Right. It turns out that that trust is sort of misplaced from the just from the the pure like these are not who we thought they were and also you are lying about it yeah uh, like standpoint that said like his plan turns out to be a partially good one yeah and maybe would have worked better had there not been pt barnum trying to burn down the the bug <laughs> the bird at the end uh, yeah it, I, it's hard to say like it's hard it's hard yeah. to say i think what the what i took away from the movie at the end is not that like what the ants needed was, like, a great plan, but what the ants needed was, like, someone who could tell them that they should stand up and fight, basically, instead of giving up. Yeah. And, like, somebody who is just outside of the norm enough to, like, realize that, like, what's going on is, like, super shitty and needs to change. Right. And I think that he, in a way, or in a lot of ways, he, he was the one to do that. Because um, he is the most, like, outside of the norm, yes. Yeah. It, it, not even by his own design. By by their design. By pushing him out of the norm, he was the person that they created to be that person. Yeah. So Flick, Flick gives the idea to, to them. They promote the idea to Ada. Ada promotes the idea to the colony, and they do it. And it is Get successful. A montage. Yeah. I mean, it's successful. There are three parts of this montage. Right. There's the building of the bird, which yep. is very successful. There's the blueberries and Francis sitting together playing cards. Francis <laughs> makes them cry. Francis juggles. Francis teaches them cards. They're they're better at cards than Francis. Francis has a heart. Yeah. Francis like, gets his feminine side. Yeah, that's that's like a separate part of that that montage scene. And then there's like this weird romantic awkwardness is like my best way to put it yeah between flick and ada um <laughs> where he's like, like peeking from behind a leaf and she notices and then he like hides yeah it, it's like just part of the scene <laughs> <laughs> pretty weird i like it it's cute but she, yeah she thinks it's cute too and that's what matters it's not creepy if she thinks it's cute too yeah so they they go about their business they're celebrating and the circus bugs at some point let out that the plan was actually Flicks. Oh, well, we skipped the La Cucaracha scene in the sombrero. Oh, you're, oh, you're right. Sorry. Let's do that scene. 
because it was apparently a pretty far flight back to their home. I'm not sure where all of this is taking place. I'm guessing either Texas or New Mexico. Well, so in in the future, there's uh, that bounding music video that that's a, a Pixar short that came out, I think, with Toy Story 3, but it might have been something else. Right. Where the ja- the jackalope is da- dancing around. He's dancing around the Bugs Life tree island in that, oh. in that, in that m- music video. So it's somewhere in, like, the southwest. And then there is a sombrero somewhere nearby, near enough that grasshoppers or, could, could fly there. Um, okay. Okay. So we know it's somewhere in the southwest. Sure. Anyway, so, yeah, there, there's La Cucaracha singing, which is really funny. And there's this wonderful moment of, like, Molt who is his brother, uh, Hopper's brother, is being goaded by these other grasshoppers into convincing Hopper that they don't need to go back. And he's like, you know what? You're right. But (laughs) he's not going to hurt his brother because he has a soft spot for his mom. Yeah. So he brings up the idea to Hopper, and he's like, oh, it wasn't my idea. It was those other guys. I'm stupid. And Hopper is like, oh, well, we can take care of this. And this is the one moment of Hopper being kind of jokey, not like not actually jokey, but like seemingly jokey. Again, super so- social manipulation, terrifyingness. Oh yeah. god, yeah. But like everybody's like, oh, he he is joking. We we can, we're allowed to laugh along with him because he's laughing. Yeah. So Hopper comes in and he's like, "Boys, order another round. We're staying here." Yay! And so they they keep. Like, the music's playing, um, and he's like, you know, what was I thinking? But there was that one ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but what are we going to do with just one ant? Yeah, and he, like, throws a he throws a, a nut at one of them. He's like, pretend like this is one ant. Does that hurt? No. How about that one? No. And then he, like, pulls the whole thing off, and all of the seeds come raining down on them. And he, like, kills three of his hunchmen, uh, whose idea it was to, to stay. And he says, like, this is this is like the like one of those scenes where it like shows how intentional he's being. He says, those ants outnumber us one hundred to one. Yeah. If they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. He's like, he knows exactly why. Like, he he thinks about what he's trying to do. He knows he's trying to intimidate them. He knows like the reason why they are like putting those ants in their place like it's like a really scary scene when you think about it. He he is very uh, intentional. He is yeah. in everything he does. He is very intentional, which makes me think that among being one of the most ruthless, he's also probably one of the most intelligent. He's he's just yeah, he's super like he's super sociopathic. He's like yeah, the... I mean he is. <laughs> so now we go back. They they're like we're going to go. We're we're going. So they're going to go right now. Uh, a little early, as it turns out. So they, we go back to this scene that I was just talking about. They yeah, they're having slip. a party because they built the bird. Yeah, they built the bird. They're having a party. The the circus bugs let slip that they are, or that the idea was all flicks. And Flick is sort of like standing away, and everybody turn, turns to him, and they're like, "It was Flick's idea." Oh well, then we're angry now. We definitely don't want that. Which is just further information saying, like, they would not have gone for it if it was Flick's idea. Because the way it was presented, it seemed like it was from them and Princess Ada, but it was all Flick's idea, so we're not into it. Yeah, so there's this tension between what you're reading into it, which I think is true, 
but also the way I read it, which is that like, okay, so just before that, everybody's partying. And uh, the, Princess Addis says yeah. something along lines of like, you know, I've never seen this colony this happy and this like, and everybody's doing like being happy and being individuals. And like, you see how powerful it is to be like, like to have like individuals as like a force, right? Right. The like line that's the most scary and jarring whenever we find out that like the truth about what's going on and the, the clowns is like when the queen says, you lied. And then the princess says, like, you lied to me. You lied to the colony. You lied to the queen. It's, like, so, like, powerful. Because he goes from being, like, individual and, like, being, an, like, the individualist of the group to being, like, so individual you are being selfish. And that's, like, a big difference. I I agree. And I, I think that he was being selfish. He, he probably should have just said, like, yes, these are not who they appear to be. But the plan is still the same. And if nothing else, they, they're actors. They can act intimidating. Right, but what what I'm saying is that, like, he, like, lied. He, he did. He, it, I, when, I, when I say that, I mean he probably should have come clean. And the plan the would have still stood. Yeah. Mm. If, if he had done that, we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah. He... What what else did the queen say? The queen says something along the lines of like of like I never thought I'd see the day when an ant put himself over the colony. Yeah, and like that's like clearly the like individual versus like collective yeah. uh, sort of sentiment there. And yeah. I mean, it, it is true that this moment of of individualism is the wrong kind of individualism, self interest yeah. over over self thought, if that makes sense. And yeah, and it goes with the same sort of cowardice when he was like saying "smush me right now" because I don't want to live up to the fact that I like messed up. Yeah, it's about yeah. him not wanting to own his mistakes. We're, yeah. we're we move on. They uh, they leave, and PT Flea is sitting on top of the the cart singing, uh, "The streets will be paved with golden retrievers," because he's a flea, and they're in the back trying to cheer up Flick. And they're like doing slapstick because and like slapping Slim and Dot arrives and gives him a rock and is like, pretend it's a seed, okay? And this is this really sweet moment, and then it's ruined by them thinking it's an ant thing, and then they find a way to trick PT Flea into going back. By trick him, you mean like they capture him. they yeah they capture him and turn around the the, the caravan. Yeah. Well, what we skipped was it, before, the reason why Dot chased him back was not because they just really that he she just really liked uh, Flick. The 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 whole grasshoppers like showed up and like uh, the blueberries heard that they were gonna squish the queen. Yeah. After they took all the food. And so they were um, they hid and then Dot had to go do something because that's her mom. So. They show back up as circus people, which is kind of their forte, and they are, like, putting on a show for the grasshoppers now and doing it very subtly in such a way that they can accomplish a lot of different things at once. Like, the ants are going... It, Flick and the blueberries are going up the tree to let the bird out, and Manny and Gypsy are trying to save the queen, and there's a lot happening. And it pretty much almost works. Like, the the... 
The blueberries are successfully causing panic with the with the bird coming down. They're like all everybody all the ants know what's supposed to be happening, so they start running around and like yelling and crying out in panic. People are smearing berry juice all over them to make it look like blood. Yeah. It's very scary. But P.T. Barnum is an asshole and catches the bird on fire because he thinks that uh, they just killed the, like, his whole, the bird just killed his whole, like, acting troupe. Yeah. Um, so the, like, the illusion is, is broken and the the blueberries get saved. They get all out. Everybody gets out of the fire, fiery bird. And this is, like, a really scary scene when Hopper beats Flick, like, basically beats Flick senseless. Yeah. He's and like, Flick ideas is getting up. Yeah. are dangerous things. You are mindless losers put on this earth to serve us. And uh, then Flick stands up and he says, you're wrong, Hopper. Like, <laughs> Get your damn weakest? hands off her, Hopper. Yeah. There's this, like, yeah, it's it's a really, really cool scene, and, like, he hits Flick again, and everybody is there just, like, staring him down and angry, and they're like, Molt is just being a coward, and is like, okay, we're leaving now, right? Yeah, we're leaving. And that scene, actually, did you know that when Molt sheds his entire skin, and it's, like, bouncing around in the shape of him, that that yeah. was the original, before edit, uh, that's that's the original form of, of his his uh his body in in like the the technology side of things that's that's the animator's original draft of his body oh cool yeah I like that. so the ants rise up they they find their own power they find that like that they are stronger as a group which is like that when they all come together they can beat so this it's like you're stronger as an like when you convene individual but work as a group is like the moral of the story. Yep. Yeah. And all the other grasshoppers leave and as is the case, bad luck comes around and the rain starts. So he's gotta try something else with Ada's help in leading leading Scar to his place of where he's going to die by violent, violent death. Oh, it's so dark. It's like, pretty dark. Th- like it's like, well, do you want to talk about uh, Slim in the in the in the branches? So, oh yeah. <laughs> so Ada, like, basically Hopper ke- like is trying to fly off with Flick in the rain and the thunder and the lightning, <laughs> and Ada's chasing, and like everybody with wings is chasing, including Francis holding Slim, and they're r- flying through this like brambles, and somehow Slim gets switched with a stick. <laughs> I'm the only one with eyeballs. Down. I'm the only one with eyeballs. How can you not find me? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's like, it's super weirdly like placed because it's like a super funny scene, but it's like in the middle of like the most tense scene in the movie. Oh, speaking of which, hey, we're going to we're gonna take a break here and lean off the porch and sort of shout out to, to Yowza. Hey, Yowza, I know it's, I mean, you're back out there and it's not nearly as nice. You got a taste for it up here, but do you have anything for us this week? <laughs> Yaza's Log, Yard Date, 2043. Aw, gee, I heard they were talking about Bugs Life today. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. I really love the star-studded cast, including Woody Allen, Sharon Stone, Sylvester Stallone, even Gene Hackman. Oh, and Christopher Walken, too. 
see, I think I love it so much because it tells a story of a wonderful neurotic aunt trying to break free of his totalitarian society filled with stunning animation and a completely original idea. This is one Disney movie you should look out for. This is Yowza signing off. Cool. Glad well, we, we, we we brought you back. We brought you on for Christmas and uh, I know you had a good time, but thank you for, for going back out there. You smelled. Yeah, it really helps us get some perspective. Yeah. And we, we don't need your BO up here. So thank you for that. That's our, our segment, Yasa's Log. Special thanks to Yasa again. So back to the climax of the story. He has led Hopper to the bird's nest, and it is very violent, and the bird eats him. And feeds feeds him to her babies. Yeah, yeah. It's Pretty super dark. There's like dark. lightning going off in the back. Hopper <laughs> is like screaming, and like the baby chicks just eat him. It's really dark. <laughs> it's very dark. And then they're celebrating uh, a new way of life. And yeah, all- everybody's now using inventions. They're not afraid of inventions anymore. They're like a new society who is not uh, afraid of intellect. And they, they uh, don't even need to use the, the rock anymore. The rock is being used as a fanning zone for the queen. and Because the queen still needs to be fanned on a regular basis. Yeah, but now they but don't now have to put just food up her there. Boyfriend. Yeah, they're, they're in, in the, the days of their best food collection they've ever had. So, yeah, it's a really nice scene. There's, like, the, the, the closing goodbyes from everybody, and it's very sweet. The circus bugs give them a rock, and the, the answer, like, is it, a, is it a circus bug thing? What is this? Yeah. Um, Ada becomes the queen. Heimlich becomes a butterfly. Dot becomes a princess. Yeah, it's just a happy scene. And then there's the, they use his inventions to make fireworks. So that's the end of the movie, but there are bloopers. This is the first Pixar movie to ever have bloopers. They actually added more. Like, so they, they put it, some bloopers in the movie yeah. in the like theater, and then they added a bunch more afterwards because yeah. like, people liked them so much. Yeah, in the one in the DVD, or in the, the VHS version, Woody shows up in one of the scenes, which is really, really funny. There's, there's a lot of really good ones of, like, Slim eating a bug or, like, Hopper having a hissy fit and going to his trailer. Like, yeah, that, and apparently that's, great. like, sort of based on a true thing. Like, yeah, where uh, um, Julie Dreyfus like, yeah. does that a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, where she, like, can't get through. Like, she, she laughs. She laughs too much. And, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the end of the movie. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. Please, please, please. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us on those at Front Porch Disney. You can also find me on Twitter at Front Porch Josh. I'm on Twitter too at Front Porch Tony. And you can find Yowza at Front Porch or at CT Yowza. Although he should probably get a Front Porch thing now that I'm thinking about it. Um, he should have a Yowza's log thing, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I, we'll, we'll try and convince him to do something like that. We'll keep you updated, but. Also, don't forget to use the hashtag Front Porch Talks to keep in the conversation. If you have something that we didn't talk about or a movie that you'd like us to do or anything like that, please feel free to use that hashtag and we will mention you in the next episode. Also, yeah, some 
some fun stats from our last uh, our last month of of listens. Yes, do, Josh. Do you know what our number one city, like the number one city that listens to us, is? No. What is it? It's Tokyo. Really? Yep. And then after that is Raleigh, which makes sense because a lot of That's, our like all of our friends are in Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah, but Tokyo is number one. How weird. Yeah. Interesting. Hello, Tokyo. Um, <laughs> thank you for your support. We, we want to thank you again. Please also don't forget to follow us on iTunes, subscribe, uh, rate, and leave a review. That really, really helps us boost up those charts, and we appreciate anybody that's already done it. Tell a friend. Get them to do it as well. And, Tony, we already decided on what movie we're doing next time. You want to tell them what it is, or do you not know what it is? Did you write it down? I- didn't write down. I totally don't remember. I wrote it down. So we're watching Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It's one that oh, neither goodness. Tony or myself have ever seen. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's got Sean Connery in it. It's um, like a 1959 yeah, like, like live action movie about leprechauns. Yeah. I am so looking forward to it. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be pretty great. So if you if it's anything like Follow Me Boys, which is like sort of similar time series, <laughs> it will be ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, so feel free to let us know your thoughts on that, and please don't miss it because I think it's going to be really good. Also, might be one that you actually want to watch because I've never seen it before, and Tony's never seen it before, and I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of it. Yeah, or so, you could just take the Sam Sam Tyler route and just like you know. Never watch it and just assume (laughs) that everything that we say is the plot of the movie, which is, you know, dangerous. But (laughs) Always true. Always 100% accurate. Uh, (laughs) So with that, Tony, why don't you sing us out? Yeah. It's the time of your life, so live it well. It's the time (laughs) of your life, so live it well. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Is the time of your life, so live it well. <laughs> I love to linger here like this. Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two. On the front porch with you.